Hello, and welcome to Icon Underground Radio for the week of May 31st, 2017. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. So, uh, this week we have some comics to talk about. Uh, but first, let's touch on news. I mean, there's not a lot of news going on right now, which is, no. you know, it happens. Just kind of the slow trickle of... Uh... Obsessive movie details. Yes. We we have reached that point where movie stuff is starting to show up and it's to the point where it's just sort of inane and probably spoilery. There are increasing promotional things. Uh, there is a commercial involving the Schick Hydro. Uh, there's the whole Valvo bot thing. Uh, which I think, uh, Monzo from TF Wiki was saying he was gonna get a hold of one. I think so. I'm not exactly so, sure right. how it works. You sign up, you get Valvoline, and eh, maybe they send you a thing. <laughs> you don't know, nobody's gotten one yet, as far as I know. <laughs> no one has actually acquired a, a Valvo, Valvatron. Uh, yeah, that's so weird. And it's like carded and I don't even know. Uh, non-movie related toy news. Uh, there are more pictures of Japan's uh, God Bomber. <laughs> a, a name you will not likely see used here. Uh, actually, didn't they do uh, like a Toys R Us release of the re-release or something? Um, I think they did call him something else, so. though. I mean, I he could was look Apex it up Armor this. in the U.S., wasn't he? That's right. That was it. Yes, Apex Armor. So, no, not God Bomber. <laughs> I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to note that I was very disappointed when I got the uh, the Master Force, the American release Master Force DVDs, and they uh, they called them Chest Force. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's a cop out. At least they kept Hellbat. Hellbat, <laughs> so great. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, that that is a thing. Uh, can throw that in your import list with Masterpiece Sunstreaker. Yeah, which, well, the, the God Bomber, I wasn't interested in it at all until I found out you can take his legs off and stick combiner limbs on there. He's combiner yes, he's... wars compatible. Okay. Yes. He's got Combiner War clip knees, which is, there's a picture of him with like an Ironhide and a Sunstreaker as legs. Yeah. And I think he's got, he's also a Headmaster, or Titan Master still. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's he's a Titan Master. So yeah, he's sort of omni-generations line thing. So that's, that is a thing that is interesting. Uh... There is uh, not a whole lot else. It's uh, for for people who like buying ridiculously rare things. Uh, someone has the uh, the Megatron, the Nike promotional Megatron, <laughs> up on eBay right now. And actually, it's twelve people are watching it, but it's still just at, at uh, ten dollars. Yeah, there's uh, a few others up there. It's not that expensive. Apparently, it, it's a Megatron that comes with a pair of Nike sneakers 
for some football guy play, named Calvin Johnson, but I don't follow football, so that means nothing to me. But people are selling the Transformer for reasonable prices just because they wanted the yes. shoes. Also, he uh, he apparently came with a purple football, which is missing from the listing. Though it does come with some shoelaces that look pretty cool. Yeah, the shoelaces look neat. Uh, I, I'm tempted. Cause it's a pretty like looking the... purple Megatron and you get shoelaces. I can use yeah, shoelaces. It's, it's the Stealth Bomber Megatron, the deluxe yep. size one. Uh, Actually, and he comes looking at the packaging now, box. I can see where the football is missing from in the packaging. Yes. You can see the little bit where the football was supposed to be. Good job. Good job. Uh, so, yeah, that's about it for our trickle of news. Uh, I guess I could mention that apparently Big Bad Toy Store is having a huge pre-order clearance <laughs> on a bunch of third-party stuff. Yeah, uh, which well, mostly third-party combiner stuff because a lot of those combiners actually got happened from Hasbro. Yeah, and that was kind of market saturation happened pretty early on. Yeah. Uh, I I will say that if I had two hundred and fifty dollars to throw at it, I would totally buy the Breast Force set. Actually, I guess mm. it would be three hundred because there's six of them. I keep defaulting to uh, well, five yeah. for combiners. We don't really want to talk about third-party stuff, but yeah, you get it. The set it it is the cheaper. It's it's weird that they're knocking down the prices on still pre-orders though. That's <laughs> yes. that's kind of funny. That that you gotta laugh at the third party for that. That's that's sad. I mean, yeah, where third-party stuff is really marking uh, reaching a market saturation point. That's kind of you know, there there needs to be a a culling yeah, there, of companies. There's like three or four different devastators. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was that year everyone decided to do Devastator. Yeah, and that was also the same year Hasbro announced it. Yes, including <laughs> Hasbro. Good job, good job. Uh, so yeah, that's that's sort of. I I think it's interesting to discuss just from a state of the collector market standpoint that these things are going on clearance as pre-orders. Uh, but, you know, that's that's how it is. Uh, so this week uh, we have uh, Till All Our One number 10. Uh, but first we are going to discuss a, a surprise one shot that came out of nowhere that no one was expecting. It's, it's written by John Barber. Uh, it's got uh, pencils by Steve Kurth and inks and colors by a variety of people. It's got a cover by Sarah Petre Duocher. Uh, it is a it is Chic Hydrobot and the Transformers. <laughs> okay. so and this it's... is an actual full length comic. Apparently, it's. Yeah. Uh, I'm sort of curious if this is going to be like a pack-in with something, but it's currently just been released as a PDF uh, on IDW's Transformers app thing. Yeah, it's it's weird because uh, well, like it it doesn't have a price or a number on the cover; it just says one shot. So maybe it is being given away. It, it's if you go through their online stores to get a PDF download. It's free. Yeah. Huh. I mean, that's... For one thing... 
if they tried to charge money for this, I would be deeply offended. <laughs> I mean, it's a marketing tie-in. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I strongly it's... recommend everyone read it. <laughs> yes. It's ridiculous. This is up there with, like, uh... Shoot. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Ace Hardware Man? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even remember that. Yeah, it's, like, uh, uh... Wasn't there a turkey fried there. chicken crossover with DC Comics? Probably. <gasps> oh, I would say that this is possibly even on par with the classic X-Men Pizza Hut special <laughs> comic. Uh, <laughs> which is notable for for Cyclops explaining that there's nothing cool about Cyberspace Jubilee. <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh i i think my favorite thing about it though is actually a legitimate thing uh whereas where john barber plays around with his whole like you know his his shtick he does with the with the narrative boxes oh, with yeah. a, a character narrating and it's made to sort of seem like it's it's hydrobot narrating but then you get to a point where he's like i bet i know what you're thinking but this guy isn't me <laughs> it's like, it's like five pages in. i love that that's such a just lamp shading of you know that 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 thing he does uh so I I appreciated that, but actually it's Bumblebee, which is, you know, it almost that it sort of gives me an appreciation for the very idea of, you know, I honestly never really read any of the movie tie-in comics, uh, but I do like them as a platform to Bumble for Bumblebee to actually be a character and not just a junkie on. Yep. So that's uh, it's nice that he gets to narrate and not be just, you know, the way he actually talks in the movies. It's yeah, nice for him to, him to have get some to characterization. Be... Yes, a character. Also, I like that he's uh, Trax style being broken into by by this chick, which is great. I greatly approve of random female car thieves because that's, you know, not something you usually see. And now they're going to go be best friends and break up a Decepticon plot at a discotheque. And, uh, <laughs> wait, no, that's not what's going to happen. Uh, but, but I, I think it really, it's, it's silly and it knows it's silly, but when it really, it kicks it up to 10 about halfway through. When they go to the chick develop like the R and D labs, <laughs> which it's a straight up G one plot. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this guy who is super impressed by it because, of course, the the three Autobots they have here are Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, and Hound, who they have to include because he has facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> is relevant to the plot. Uh, maybe that's the thing, too, is that John Barber realized that this was just a, a complete sausage fest, unless he just <laughs> added a random female character in somewhere, so he had to yeah. to make the uh, 
the uh, car thief a, a girl. Uh, so uh, this guy, this this the scientist. <laughs> it's just I can't even. Ah, uh, I I think I'm gonna have to read. I'm gonna have to read his his narration here. I am Dr. Hiroshi Benson, head of the Schick R&D Laboratory. I have dedicated my life to the pursuit of mankind's most important goal, building the perfect <laughs> razor. Six months ago, I had perfected what I believed to be a means to that end. H-boostium, a synthetic chemical I knew required special handling due to its life-saving lubricating properties. <laughs> Uh, so... This, this might even be a little bit too crazy for, like, G1. It, it's more like Headmasters or something. It's, it's just the... Or the original Robots in Disguise. It's it's a tad too crazy. Which and the thing works. is, it's... It's, it's not beyond the bounds of normal Transformers movie-verse crazy until (laughs) this guy, until they get to this guy, and then it's just like the the chart, the graph of craziness just takes this roller coaster rise. It's just like suddenly it is way more ridiculous. It, it goes straight up superhero origin story for the Shik Hydrobot. <laughs> yes. And then the Decepticons attack, and Barricade is there, and Megatron's got his new weird predator death's head looking head thing going, and Bumblebee makes sound, <laughs> makes radio sounds. Hey, and, and uh, there's Onslaught, who, um, Looks kind of just like yes. a remold of, um, oh, what the hell is it? Is that Brawl or something else? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I guess there was, uh, the tank one in the first movie whose name <laughs> varies oh, right. depending the... on the source. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, there's this dude. I would think that you would have Barricade saying the line sounds like you're looking to get punished, but I guess that's fine. Because, you know, it's Barricade. So, uh, yeah, and at the end, Hydrobot helps save them all, but then he has to go back to his civilian life as some rando dude's razor. (laughs) He has a secret identity. Yes. He has a day job. Yes. Civilian identity and a day job. So, uh, so yeah, I strongly recommend reading this just because it's completely ridiculous. Starts out just kind of boring and then it just jumps right off the deep end. I don't know if it's alive, but the H-Boostium rejected me, instead finding its way to an advanced prototype Hydro Razor. The gel reservoir, the source of the Hydro Serum, must have enticed the H-Boostium. For what more does anything want but a clean, smooth, comfortable shave? That part made perfect sense. (laughs) What surprised me was his dedication to protect all who shave. God. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so great. 
That needs to be canon. That needs to be movie verse <laughs> canon. Yes, it does. I mean, they have that really nice commercial they animated, too. <laughs> yes. People were joking about this because they had a guy dressed up in, like, a six-foot-tall Hydrobot costume. And he was featured <laughs> heavily at the uh, Game Developers Awards earlier this year. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, my God. Why? People were just joking about how that was horrible and was kind of emblematic of that, or VGAs, I guess, but emblematic of that event's just utter commercial lack of integrity. Yeah, but I kind of... Crass commercialism. I kind of feel like we've, I mean... What is Transformers as a fictional? But crass commercials. Yes. Yeah. It's. I think. I think this has taken it out the other side. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing that's fascinating about Transformers. I mean, Transformers is fascinating to me about Transformers. But outside of that, stepping outside of that, it fascinates me. Like how this crass commercialism has become like. The, this cultural thing that it is. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of... That's... Why? Why would you have that GDC? What the hell? It's, oh my god, are they making a game for it? No, it was, it was just <laughs> randomly there. It's like how Jeff Keighley is forever associated with uh, Doritos and Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh... I, I remember back in the day when the crassest commercialization we had was Zoom Zoom, the uh, the red uh, jazz redeco that they had as their like a little animation for on their website. But uh, yeah, this is oh my god, it's great, it's ridiculous. Read it, it's beautiful. Uh, so shall we shall we talk about? Things with actual artistic integrity. <laughs> yes, yeah, sure. Shall we move on to, uh, yes, so, so to Lawler 1, number 10. Uh, holy crap, guys. This is, uh, yeah. I'm definitely. Holy crap, as soon feeling... as you open the comic, there's a spoiler. Well, yeah, well yes. Sorry. I mean, it's kind of. A spoiler in that it shows a character who has not appeared in the series yet who appears in this. But she does just appear a couple pages in, so yeah. it's not like she's the last page reveal or anything. But, uh, but, <laughs> but yes, when I, I, uh, I opened it up and on the, uh, the background of the credits page is Arachnid, to which I had to go into our, our planning Discord chat and say, aw, shit, y'all. <laughs> because, oh my god. Is, is this... this keeps going. This is such a great issue. Yeah, but is, is this the thing Marguerite Scott is doing on purpose to annoy me about toys I either don't have or can't have? Like, first with <laughs> Breakdown, now Arachnid, who I passed up because the toy is not that great. Well, yeah, I mean... It's alright. The arms are not great. The arms could be better. I have the itty bitty one but, uh, somewhere, but I guess that'll be enough. Yeah. Hey, who? Oh my goodness, though. Uh, yeah, so, I, I would 
this issue, I'm definitely thinking, you know, we've been talking about how this is getting better and better, and this is definitely at, like, I feel like this is definitely at more than meets the eye level now. Yeah. I, I will give it that. Yeah. It's, I mean, it has added the one vital element, gay robots. Yes. It, it has reached the most important thing. I mean, there was always... a not always, but there has been a little of that for a long time, but now it's like a plot point, which I think is the important thing. I think that's a lot more important than, uh, you know, just having knockout and breakdown in the background, uh, but having it be like an actual, I mean, not, not to say that I think all good storylines need to rely on some sort of romantic thing, but I think that storylines relying on interpersonal relationships is very important. Yeah. You know, whether they are romantic yeah. or otherwise. Uh but yeah, so uh so that that was the other moment. Also in the uh first page we get a a glimpse again of that adorable guy, that adorable innocent <laughs> robot who starts scream convicted so cute his eyes are so big and he was so upset and scared and small i want to hug him uh but yeah so we get another you know we get another character from transformers prime showing up uh though she does not seem to have acquired a nose in the transition no. so i don't know how i feel about that i don't know i like robot designs without noses so works I like it. I also like that it's in... So she's from the uh, Beast Colony? Yes. And apparently all spider bots in IDW G1 are nemosurgeons? Well, or... Well, they're called fate spinners, the which is... The way that she talks about it does sound like it may be more of a... That, that what she does is more of an invasive thing than they usually do. Yeah. But that they at, at very at the very least are generally to some degree like psychic. Uh, Something like yes, that. She mm-hmm. she is a straight up pneumosurgeon. So yay, more of that. That's such a messed up plot element. It makes me so happy. <laughs> okay, yes. yes, delightful. But especially her being exiled for experiments to try to get even more accurate results in their prophecies by having more complete knowledge of people's minds. Yes. Unfortunately, they didn't survive the process. I really like that panel of her being like, they just had to be able to live through the procedure. I was so close. It's just... I, I love just... I don't know. She seems very earnest about it. It's not even like she's being... Because she is, she and Starscream play off each other really well. Uh, They both have that little bit of smugness (laughs) to them. Uh, But that, she just seems entirely earnest, and that's so so great. They are delights. Uh, But yeah, Starscream has her working on the Combaticons and wants her to mess with them, and so she messes with them in the form of, I guess, preying on Blastoff's massive crush on Onslaught. Just great! Yeah, it, it, oh, it's so great. It cuts to them. I, I have to say, hmm? what? the, the, uh, 
the last page before it's revealed that this is just Starscream messing around in his head was like active squeeing on like audible. <laughs> it started out with squeeing for me because like Blastoff wakes up in a bed, and then the next panel Onslaught's rolling over to almost kiss him, and they're in the same bed. <laughs> it's like yes. okay, we're going there. It's talking about taking him out drinking, and and then it's all cutesy, and then Starscream's like, yeah, you like that, don't you? <laughs> you know, work work with me. Because, yeah, basically, to get a group all properly brainwashed like that, they, they need someone who can kind of keep things together when there are inconsistencies and... So he wants Blastoff to be that someone because I guess he's the most, well, Starscream does call him the smart one, uh, but also because he's easily manipulated in this, in this sense. You know, he's actually got some morals. Uh, have I mentioned lately how much I love combiners, individual members actually getting to be characters? I know, it's amazing. So good. Cause I love that. Uh, she needs to get the aerial bots in here quick. Yeah, it's about um, do some more with the other combat. It, it's they're doing. She's she's doing so much with the combaticons who until now were pretty much just the swindle and everybody else show. But now everybody else gets yes. to do stuff, which is well, actually in a <laughs> the uh, classic G one episode bot. It, it is basically like they're like swindles. MacGuffin, almost, you know, like, it's all about Swindle, but, uh, but yeah, so, and, you know, I think that's kind of what makes this interesting, is that Swindle has been taken out of the picture, and that lets everybody else have a moment, uh, because, yeah, he kind of w normally outshines everyone else, uh, but they, he's he's not, you know, he's brain dead. He's horribly injured. And so he's not around to to be the one dealing with Starscream. So Starscream's got to deal with someone else. So we actually get characterization for Blastoff. It's great. And then he, uh, you know, he's super on the fence about it, of course, because he's got morals. And, uh, and of course, as Starscream's doing the whole, just let me know if you change your mind. And, you know, then he's like, sure. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man. And then the last panel is, is all, or the last page is, is great. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, Arachnid has sort of nudged Onslaught to actually noticing him. Senpai notices him. And they hold hands. Yes! Oh my god! Oh my god! It's so great because it's so fucked up. What? It's not as fucked up as it could be because it's just a n nudge to, hey, notice your second in command. Who's an adorable little yes. purple spaceship. <laughs> yes, who is just like mooning over you all the time. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I do like that. I like it. <laughs> I like it when stuff is messed up. <laughs> oh, my feels, man. My feels. My emotions have been manipulated. 
I feel like between this and Steven Universe, we finally realized how combiners need to be handled. Yes. They are ships. Yes. <laughs> they, they are pretty much just, just all couples and, and such. <sighs> so great. So great. Uh, well, actually, happy. speaking of that, uh, Robots in Disguise is doing a little bit of that right now, too, in an episode we're just not bothering to talk about. Although they're a weird couple. They're, they're um, Ralph Cramden and Ed Norton. <laughs> oh, yeah. Has that one aired now? I think that was the okay. one that was this weekend, but I watched it a couple weeks ago. The one with uh, Knockout and Breakdown's baby. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he really does look like him, but he doesn't really, I don't know. I mean, I guess, sure. Yeah, but again, that sort of, I don't know. Uh, Alex, have you seen the episode at all? I have not. Okay. I don't mind if you spoil it for me, though. I mean, it, it'll, at this point, my policy on spoilers for most things is, if a spoiler ruins it for me, it wasn't that good in the first place. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, they're basically a, uh, while break and drag strip are, you know, Ralph Cramden and what's his face? They're the guys from the Honeymooners, which sort of reminds me of what I was saying about, like, spinning the characterization wheel. <laughs> Rolling your, yep. your, uh, D&D character dice. Uh, but, you know, it's not terrible. Uh, I'm glad we don't have another universe where Drag Strip is unfortunately the one who they make female. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Character design wise, it works, but like name wise, no, bad choice. <laughs> bad choice. Warning, warning. Yeah. Problematic shit ahead. Sorry, I'm being like really. I'm gonna have. We're gonna have to put an E on this episode. <laughs> It's fine. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I like, I like it. I like ships as combination. I, <laughs> I remember years and years ago at BotCon getting drunk and, and just babbling to, gosh, who was that? If somebody, blathering to somebody, Doug Glynn? I think it was Doug Blinn, about how hard it is to write Armada fan fiction without it coming off as really, really gay. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot about surging energy and, and that, that sort of stuff. Because that's what happens when I get drunk is I end up talking about my fan fiction. Uh, much like and then it just got somewhere. worse with Edder John, where somebody was a top and somebody was a bottom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Then, well, then it's almost like you're you're taking all the fun out of it. It's just <laughs> there's no longer it's... subtext. <laughs> it's just all all right there on the page. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I liked it. It's good issue. I'm definitely. It, it's different from uh, robot from a uh, more than meets the eye slash lost light, but it is definitely getting really good in its own way. Uh, Windblade continues to be dead. Yeah, it's sort of unmentioned. <laughs> She's not there. But and and it does kind of remind me. And you know, we've talked on Stasis Pod about 
stuff we want to do going forward and, and all that. But it does, every time some character from Prime gets brought over into something, I'm reminded of just how much I really liked Prime. I mean, again, as we've mentioned, I like things dark, and it got <laughs> hella dark. Uh, I mean, there was there was a human character wearing a Decepticon's corpse. Come on. <laughs> Yeah. piloting a Decepticon's corpse. It was uh it was pretty great. So yeah, I I really like Arachnid showing up. Uh just it's so weird that though that everyone else has a nose. <laughs> well, Chromia doesn't have a nose. I, I guess that's fair. I guess everyone who wasn't brought into the series by Sarah Stone has a nose. Yeah. Because Chromia was designed for IDW by Sarah Stone, so, and she was very, very prime influenced. So. I don't think Knockout has acquired a nose either. That's a good point. Mm. But maybe they're not aerodynamic enough for them on Velocitron. Uh, but yeah, I really like Arachnid showing up. I really like Nemo Surgery coming up again. And, and being a plot point again. I love it when interpersonal relationships are major plot points. It's good. I like it. Anything, anyone have anything to say other than just fangirl squealing? Um, as soon as I make- No, that- Go on. I was gonna say that pretty much sums up my response too. Can I, I, I need to make desk, uh, space on my desk so I can disassemble Bruticus now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I might have to uh I might have to start looking up prices on on Bruticus. Uh, cause yeah, I didn't I I think the only one of those I even have mold for is uh Vortex because I have the a Victorian set. So, we'll we'll see how much uh we'll see how much shelf space I have after I move. We'll see. If there's there's going to be a certain amount of uh designing the, the, my new space for me specifically, so I'm going to have to see if we can get some huge bookshelves just, like, built into the walls. Uh, and, and then I'll have more display space for toys, and then I can get some some Combaticons. Because, yeah, this, this makes me care about the Combaticons <laughs> like I absolutely never have before. So good job there. Uh, all right. Well, then that would be it for this week. Uh, do we know if there's anything coming out next week? I'm checking my usual source. Oh, huh. I thought the G2 combiners and... were cheaper, but I'm not seeing that. Oh. Aw, <laughs> uh, yeah. So are the G2 color schemes just their club outfits now? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Uh, you know, and, and I, I liked, and this is probably, I mean, this is, seems kind of universal, but also probably a product of the 90s. I used to really like checking out what plastics were blacklight reactive on my toys. <laughs> and, uh, I imagine that that's probably very much the case with them. So yeah, they are ready to go to like a rave. Good colors, good colors. Okay, so, the only stuff of interest, appears to be the Autocracy Trilogy trade paperback. Uh, uh, no. Why? Another Why Atomic they let Robo Christmas? Real Science Adventure. And Hanazuki Full of Treasures number one. 
Ooh. <laughs> I need to watch that. I'll uh, I'll watch that after I catch up on Twin Peaks. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be that'll be thematically appropriate somehow. It it probably won't. I mean, it could be. That would make it much more interesting. Uh, all right. Well, then, I'm sure we will find something. <laughs> maybe we'll finally get around to catching up on revolutionaries. Maybe. Or maybe Valvotron will get a uh, a comic <laughs> next week. Ah, <laughs> oh, that would be great. Uh, so, until then, until the future shows us what craziness lies ahead, this is Jen. And Alex. And David. Good night. Underground Radio is hosted by IaconUnderground.net. We are listener-supported through Patreon, where you can help us cover the cost of running this show and our other podcast, Stasis Pod, at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. We are on Twitter at IaconUG, Tumblr at IaconUnderground.tumblr.com, and Facebook at Facebook.com slash IaconUnderground.